know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? It's your host, Jam and Joe, of the... Band for All Seasons podcast, and on this week's episode, episode 263, we're going to talk some University of Georgia athletics that includes men's basketball. The Georgia baseball team is off to a great start at 7-0, and we're going to round out the Georgia Bulldog conversation this week with some Georgia football. And we're also going to talk some Atlanta Braves spring training baseball, as spring training games are here, the Braves are in Northport doing their thing. So we'll be talking some Braves as well. And we are going to talk some Atlanta Hawks as the Hawks are back from the All-Star break. But they did receive a gut punch as far as news go from the go-to guy for the Atlanta Hawks. So all that and more is coming up this week on the show. But before we get into the sports conversation this week, guys, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by... Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoke barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So with me across the way is the man, the myth, the legend, my dad. Dad, welcome back to the show. Joe, it's great to be back. Uh, we're starting to see signs of spring. Get a little bounce in your steps. The, the days are prettier. This a little longer. The you know the sun's not going down till later. And all of us, I think, are getting a little excited about what's around the corner. On that topic of spring, why don't we go ahead and get started with some Georgia Bulldog baseball conversation? The dogs are seven and zero. They recently won off back to back walk offs. What was great about today's win that just wrapped up maybe about 20, 25 minutes ago is Georgia found a way and they went up against a really upstart Northern Kentucky team. And when you think Northern Kentucky, I'm sure a lot of us were like, this is going to be a boat race. But these Northern Kentucky hitters really hit Georgia. But Georgia matched them, you know, Anything you can do, I can do better in the offensive category. And the thing that really stands out to me is a name that a lot of people that listen to this podcast when it comes to boy baseball are familiar with. is Charlie Condon. He did everything today but hit for a cycle. He even launched a triple down the left field line. Just just how excited are you about this, about this team under first-year head coach Wes Johnson? Well, they're certainly giving us something to get excited about. Um... I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how they uh, come together. You know, this is the first time we've had a head coach who was pitching. I'm wondering if, if our pitching staff is going to continue to develop as the season goes along. So uh, I'm excited about it. You know, today we had a pitcher who transferred in from Emory, of all places. We had a pitcher who transferred in from Stanford. Uh We've got players from all over, and uh, it's going to be interesting this season to see how it, it's a bunch of ingredients. How is it going to come together? Right, right. And something that stood out to me is is Georgia did something for the first time going back all the way to 2001, and that's hit back-to-back-to-back to back to back home runs. Those home runs were hit by freshman Trey Phelps, 
Logan Johnson, and Colby Branch. Colby Branch is the transfer shortstop from Baylor. This guy yesterday came up with the game-tying home run for Georgia. So it looks like, as you said, Georgia's got a lot of pieces that they can mesh together under first-year head coach Wes Johnson. We're, we're starting to see some of these guys really start to come together. Absolutely, Joe. And it, it should be uh, interesting. You know, I, I'm excited about it. It's it's going to be something to watch. It is. It is. And, you know, Georgia, you know, Georgia continues to find ways to win. I mean, back-to-back walk-offs. I mean, that... That's just crazy. Absolutely. And the thing about this, as you as you said previously, you say University of Northern Kentucky, it doesn't exactly uh, intimidate you, but Georgia had a very big first inning against them on Friday where they scored 10 runs. But after that, the rest of the week, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, they're all very competitive games. And... Uh, it sounds like Northern Kentucky has a pretty good team. I mean, they right. they swing the bat and get after you. So I think it was uh, it was a good test for Georgia, and it was good to see him come through. It really was. And if I'm remembering this correctly, our 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 friends Dave Johnston and Jeff Danzler, who do such a great job on the radio broadcast for Georgia Bulldog baseball, said Northern Kentucky was picked to finish first in the Horizon League. So I would not be surprised if they win the Horizon League and they find their way in the NCAA tournament and they give, you know, a big-time school like, say, in LSU, where Coach Johnson came from, and the LSU manager is calling Coach Johnson and being like, hey, Wes, can, can you give me kind of a scouting report on Northern Kentucky? Because it sounds like, from, from the highlights and the videos that I've watched and listened to, it sounds like those Northern Kentucky guys can really hit. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think uh, they've got a, a great season out there ahead of them. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. It really will. It really will. Final point on Georgia baseball, where does Georgia go from here? Georgia's got a loaded week. They play Presbyterian at home at the Friendly Confines on Tuesday afternoon. And then the biggest Non-conference series of them all. Queen old-fashioned hate hits the diamond. The dogs and the North Avenue Trade School get together for baseball battle Friday night at the North Avenue Trade School, Saturday at beautiful Foley Field, and then Sunday, the Spring Classic for kids at Cool Ray Field at Gwinnett. This is always a fun series that Georgia and Georgia Tech have done uh, have done now here recently because like back when I was in school it was just you know three midweek games you know sprinkled in throughout the year what are your thoughts on Queen Old Fashioned Hate Hits of the Diamond becoming a weekend series well Joe I I think it'll be fun um you know as we've you and I have talked about this the biggest difference is uh you get each team will get to see the other team's um top pitchers Whereas when we played them just in the midweek, you know, each team threw their number four starter against the other three times. And, you know, that was, that was fine, but it's going to be, you know, more competitive because we're going to see big time pitching. Yeah, we're, we're going to see their best and they're going to see our best. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Charlie Condon is going to have a 
big series against the North Avenue Trade School. I think he is going to take care of business against them. He may single-handedly destroy Tech by himself. <laughs> well, don't put put all that on him. Let's just let him go out and play and see how it goes. But he's quite a player. He, 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 he's incredible. I mean, I mean, like like I've said, if you get a chance to watch to go watch Georgia play at Foley Field, or if you get a chance to tune into them on the SEC Network. Or even if you just want to go on YouTube, watch Charlie Common. I, I've I, it's been a while since Georgia's had a generational type talent like this. He's going to be a top five pick in the Major League Baseball draft after the, after Georgia's spring season. He is worth the price of admission. He is must see TV, and I'm just thrilled that he's back in Athens one more spring. I agree, Joe. I I don't remember us having a hitter like him. He's really he's Big guy, physically intimidating, and uh, I, I really am uh, looking forward to this spring and watching him hit. I did want to point point out, Joe, you you jumped straight from Presbyterian to Georgia Tech. Uh, we are going to Michigan State Spartans are coming to Athens on Wednesday. That's right, and nice so uh, we don't catch too many Big Ten teams coming to Athens. I assume that they're in the middle of a trip to Florida or something like that to show up just on a Wednesday. But um, right. anyways, it'll be fun. It's always fun to, to to play a big name opponent from a big conference. And Georgia will be playing another Big Ten school later on in the spring when Iowa visits. How about that? Randomly Joe? during the week. I, I think that's cool. I think Georgia needs to be playing more of these Bigger type, you know, Big Ten schools like in Michigan State, like in Iowa. I mean, even for like a series, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I just hope they don't bring Caitlin Clark to play against us. Or uh, <laughs> what, wasn't John Smoltz a Michigan State commit for baseball? He was, he was. God, could you imagine him in college? <laughs> well, he was, he was a diamond in the rough back then. It wasn't the polished John Smoltz, but still... Yeah, with the the arm he has and the stuff he had, I wouldn't have wanted to hit against 19-year-old no. John no. Smoltz. Well, that is going to wrap it up for our Georgia Blowout Baseball part of the show. We're going to continue the Georgia Athletics talk. We're going to talk about some Georgia men's basketball. It was a one-in-one week for the Georgia Bulldogs last week as Georgia finally ended that awful losing streak. They played some battleship up in Nashville on Wednesday night, sinking Vanderbilt. And Jerry Stackhouse, as Georgia got off the schneid. I just want to talk about that really quick. I was really, really proud of the resolve and the poise that we saw from the Georgia Bulldogs on the road, with Georgia getting the 76-64 victory over Vandy. It's not so dandy. Props to Mike White for ending that losing streak and kind of giving Georgia a little bit of momentum. I agree, Joe. Uh, they sort of had them the whole game. They got the lead and never gave it back, and that was uh, that was good to see because Georgia certainly uh, needed that win very, very much. They did in the worst way, and I've got I've got a nugget about that. So that is Georgia's largest road victory since 2017, since Georgia beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss by 22 points. That was a 22 point victory for Georgia. Back in 2017. And for Georgia to do that against Vandy, Vandy the other night was big. Noah Thomason 
was 5 of 11 from 3-point land, 17 points. I, I've talked a lot about that kid, and I'm so thankful that George has been able to have him for just a year. Graduate transfer, the former Niagara player. He, his coach is former Duke point guard and Syracuse quarterback Greg Paulus. So the, the thing I like about Noah Thomason is he brings in leadership, and he's a guy who's not afraid to shoot the ball. He's a big-time scorer. He kind of, he's kind of got a little bit of that James Harden wiggle to him, you know. But uh, I'm definitely thankful that Georgia was able to get off the schneid and beat Vandy the other day. Big props to Noah Thompson. Also, I want to say this. One more thing about Noah. If you have a chance to check out his interview, his weekly interview that he does on the morning show on 960 The Ref at 8.30 on Friday mornings, it's really good. It kind of gives the listener a chance to go inside the mind of a college basketball player of a student-athlete at the University of Georgia. Noah's very well-spoken, extremely, very gracious, and is just a great ambassador for Georgia. So if you get a chance to listen to that on Friday mornings, do it. Chubb, thanks for the heads up. I'll certainly have my ears on and uh, look forward to hearing from Noah. So we get to the bad, and that was yesterday. You and I were in Stegman Coliseum for Georgia... And Auburn, 14th ranked Auburn, two mascot U, as I call them. And two mascot U, they, they literally just shot the lights out. Joe, they really did. That Going into the game, I think Georgia's fo- focal point on defense was to defend the paint. And Auburn ended up beating them from the three-point line. Georgia did a reasonably good job of... Uh, of defending the paint, but I I couldn't believe how efficient Auburn was from the three-point line. That was, it kept sitting there, you and I had the comments, well, they're not going to keep this up the no. whole game. Well, they did. Well, they did. They <laughs> did. And it, 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 was, it was really tough to take. It really was because the crowd inside Stegman was awesome. The students were there. The vibe was there. And I got to give props to our guy, Blue Kane. Like, Blue came, he, he took an elbow to the face. And that was a really tough, tough play on his part for him to get up. You know, he had to get stitches, I think. But for him to play through that and for them to actually call the foul on Blue was ridiculous. When the Auburn guy clearly took a cheap shot at Blue. Well, I, I do admire the way he came back. And uh, I think... Uh, I- I think he's going to end up with a, a black eye, but, you know, he certainly battled and showed his stuff, and uh, we are all, uh, you know, excited about the future that he has in front of him. No doubt. And a couple other Bulldogs, you know, that did play well, that kept Georgia in that game. Silas Demery, the freshman point guard from Raleigh, North Carolina, who I absolutely love, and I know you do too. I thought Silas played really well. I think so, Joe. He's growing with each game, and uh, I think he has a chance to be a, a terrific uh, point guard. Joe, what did you think of, of the post play um, from Georgia? I, I thought Georgia's ability to get the ball inside to Russell Chiwa was really nice to see. Because I'll say this, Janai Broom had difficulty with Big Russ at times. Russ was able to go in at will. There were a couple times Russ was coming in like a freight train, and Auburn couldn't do anything about it. If you, if you think about it, Georgia kept that game close. I want to say that was a three-point game towards the nine-minute mark. And then once the nine-minute mark at the second half hit, you know, the, the wheels fell off the track and, 
you know, Bruce Pearl and two mascot, you made it rain from three. It really did. Yeah, Joe, I think they they ended up shooting 53% from the line. From three-point line, they were 14 of 26. The first half, they were 43%, and the second half, they were 67% from the three-point line. And, and we thought the first half was they were shooting beyond. Shooting beyond. Their, the second half was just... second half is hard to watch. <laughs> it, it, it really was. And George, on the other hand, was really struggling from three-point. Justin Hill had a had a big three. You know, Noah hit some threes. But really, other than that, Georgia really wasn't able to get the three ball going. And we've seen when Georgia's at their best, they're able to be balanced offensively. You know, they're able to get it into Russ let, and, and let the big guy work. But then Russ is able to kick it out to shooters like Thomason, like Kane. You know, Silas is getting better with his three. So it it was a tough night Saturday night. It really was. I... I, I can't sugarcoat it, you know, any more than that. It was a tough night. The good news for the Bulldog basketball team is they get to flush it. They play Tuesday night at LSU. That's a big game for Georgia. I watched some of the, some of the end of Mississippi State and LSU. And then I, Mississippi State was having their way with LSU. And when I think about Mississippi State basketball, you think about Tolu Smith, the big guy for Mississippi State. I think, again... This is a bit. This is a big opportunity for Russell Chiwa and uh, Deloach to be able to do some real damage on the inside for the Bulldogs. I agree. I think it's it's going to be important that Georgia stay the course and you know keep pounding the ball into the big guy, and you know, and hopefully he will score and he'll also create opportunities for his teammates. Uh, but he's he he tries very hard. He hustles. I've been very impressed with that. Uh, I wish he had a little more help, you know, underneath. But um, I've been impressed with the effort that he gives. He plays very hard. Yeah, Big Russ does. He really does. the the one The one other happy moment for the Bulldog basketball team, we did get to see our big shiny new recruit in the building. Last night, Mr. Asa Newell was on the Jumbotron. That was cool. He got a nice round of applause from Bulldog Nation. I can tell you this in the highlights I've seen. I am so excited about this kid. The 6'10", true freshman coming in next year from Mike White and the Georgia Bulldogs. Very excited about Mr. Newell coming to Athens. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's been a while since we had a recruit like that that, you know, to get excited about, uh, you know, you never know a kid coming from high school what you're going to get, but uh, he's supposed to be the real deal. I mean, you think about that next year, you have Silas, Blue, and Newell, and that's a nice one, two, three punch. You know, Georgia's got, just right there alone, I think Deloach is back too. I mean, Georgia's got pieces to be excited about next year, but we'll worry about next year on down the road. Anyway, as I said, Georgia this week, Travels to LSU Tuesday night, and then they finish up uh, with the final Saturday home game against the Texas A&M Aggies as they visit Athens. That's a 6 o'clock tip-off Saturday night. The final bit of Georgia athletics we're going to talk about, Dad, is we're going to talk some UGA football. There was some coaching news over the weekend. An old, familiar name is back in Athens. Yeah, Joe, uh... I think Coach Coley, you know, 
was considered a terrific recruiter. He, uh, he, he's coached the different receiving positions. He coached quarterback and was the offensive coordinator for a, a time. But I think he's coming back with an, an eye on uh, coaching receivers and recruiting. And I, I think he'll do a great job. He, he had left to go to Texas A&M and um, he's coming back as, as Coach uh, McClendon moves on to the NFL. You know, I will say, when I first found out the news about James Coley, I was kind of bummed. But then I started thinking, I was like, you know, he's strictly going to focus on receivers. He's strictly going to recruit. He's not necessarily running the offense anymore. That's Bobo's job now. Um, I, I'm willing to give James Coley another shot. I really am. I think, like you said, he's a fantastic recruiter. I think he's going to do a really good job getting the Georgia name out there as far as recruiting wide receivers. As you said, he's familiar with coaching quarterbacks, and he was our offensive coordinator for a brief time under the reign of Kirby Smart. So I'm I'm interested to see what kind of recruits and guys out of the portal he's able to get to boost the receiving core. I mean, Georgia's got some good receivers for next fall. They really do. And particularly uh, Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett, who were here from a year ago. You got... The, the transfer receiver, the big kid from Miami, the 6'5 kid. I'm excited about him. I mean, Jordan's got some toys to go to out wide. The cupboard is not bare. I agree. I agree. So it'll be interesting to see how they're developed. One, one last bit of Georgia football news. Our running backs coach, Del McGee, is leaving Athens. He has been offered and accepted the head coaching position at Georgia State. Congratulations, Coach McGee. He's going to do well there. He's a fantastic recruiter. He's he's a big-time big time recruiter, and he's well-connected in the state of Georgia. I think he's going to get Georgia State, you know, up and running. I, I really do. I, th- I think Dell's that good of a coach. As far as running back coach goes for Georgia, you know, it's again, we'll wait and see who Kirby goes after, you know. Well, I'm confident that uh... – you know, it hurts to lose uh, experienced people like we're losing, but I'm confident that Coach Smart will uh, replace them with people who are just as competent. So uh, he's done a very good job at replacing coaches as they've left in the past, and uh, there's no reason to think he won't do so going forward. I mean, that's just part of college football nowadays. I did hear a rumor, though, maybe Robert Edwards with the running back coaching position. How'd you feel about that? Well, everybody loves Robert Edwards, and if he ended up back here uh, as a running backs coach, that'd be fine with me. He played with Kirby. He did. They beat Florida in '97. That's my that's my favorite memory of Robert Edwards. Yeah. Hole number forty-seven for the Dogs. Started his career, played a couple years as a cornerback. Really? Yeah. Wow. Before they realized. Hey, he was a pretty good cornerback, but he was a terrific tailback. (laughs) Yeah, that that Florida game you mentioned. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was hurt for some of that game, right? Yeah, he was kind of beat up. Um, They didn't start him; kind of brought him in as the game went on. In the second half, Georgia was having some success with Florida, and they they brought Robert Edwards in, and Florida's defense really didn't have an answer for him, and. Robert Edwards had a terrific game, so uh, really it's one of my favorite memories of uh, Robert Edwards and uh, 
that period of uh, of Georgia football was watching him run all over the Gators in the second. That half. that never gets old. And, no, it never gets. And old. I will say this too. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dad, but didn't Kirby have an interception in that game? Didn't he pick it off Dougie? I'm not sure. I think I, he did. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. I think he picked it off our old friend Doug Johnson, aka Dougie. Well, and Dougie went on <laughs> to, to play for the Falcons. So. He did. So we had to end up rooting for him. Made Weird. it swallow hard, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, we did. So that's going to round it out for our Georgia Athletic part of the podcast. We're going to jump to some Atlanta Braves baseball here, Dad, as the Braves are back. Spring training games are here. We saw the Braves taking out to Boston today. The good news is we did see, or we did see one Brave in particular hit his first home run in the spring, and that's Mr. Austin Riley. It's always good to see Austin... Uh, uh, you know, it's some of those guys had such a good year last year. It's hard to imagine anything getting better. But uh, you kind of hope that Matt Olson and Austin Riley can, you know, can keep improving because they're they're at the stage of the career they should keep improving right. with more experience. So let's hope we see that. Joe, what do you, what do you think that are the important? Storylines to watch during um, spring training. What do you think that the Braves are going down there hoping to see? I think the Braves are hoping to figure out who's going to be that fifth starter and how pieces in the bullpen are going to fit. My thing about the fifth starter, I feel like it's Bryce Elder's job to lose. I really do. I think Elder would be a nice change of pace in the rotation. He, I know he's not going to blow you away with you know serious cheddar cheese, but he's got, you know, good off-speed stuff. And he, he's a command guy. If Elder's able to, if he's able to get his command working, you know, with his off-speed stuff, I think Elder's got a chance to be pretty dangerous. And let me tell you the reason why I want Bryce Elder to win that job coming out of spring. I want Elder to win that job in the fifth starter spot because that'll mean our guy Ronaldo Lopez can go to the bullpen. I am not a fan of... Ronaldo Lopez being a starter, I think his value is going to be way higher, him being your 7th or 8th inning guy. I feel like you could almost interchange he and Matzik together as your 7th or 8th inning guy, and that breeds you to Igloo in the ninth. I think, uh, and I just think it's imperative that Elder gets this job to start out the year. Now, will Bryce finish the year as the fifth starter? There's no talent couple other names to think about for the Braves are a couple young pitchers. You know, you got A.J. smith Schauber down there, and you got uh, Hurston Waldrop, the uh, the first-round draft pick, the 24th overall pick in last year's Major League draft from – I got to swallow my words here – from Florida. It's, it's there's, that, there's that thing again. It's hard to root for Florida people. But, you know, once you put the A on, you know, all is forgiven. You make a mistake in college – I'll allow it. I did the same with Julio when he was at Bama. He put on the Falcon logo. All's forgiven, my brother. Where was uh, where was he before Florida? He was at Southern Mississippi. He was at Southern Mississippi. He's from South Georgia. He, uh, he started his career at Southern Mississippi. And then I think when they had a coaching change or, or right right when the right when the transfer portal first opened and all that, you know, he was looking, you know, to elevate his game and to go to a Go to a serious baseball school and 
Florida's that. So I heard an interview with him on an Atlanta radio station this week. He's, he seems like a bright kid. Um, the news bar is stuff-wise. He's got a really, really impressive fastball. He also, th- this is interesting, Dad. How rare is it for like a 20-something-year-old like Mr. Waldrop is, and he throws a split-finger pitch? That's really rare now. That's super old school. When you think of good split-finger pitches, you think of John Smoltz. He may have had one of the top split-finger pitches I've seen in my lifetime. Well, especially when you have when you can bring the heat. That pitch becomes devastating because the bat, batters have to gear up for the the real fastball, and then they think they're getting a fastball at the last minute. It falls off the table, and uh, it's it's really tough to hit. It, it gives a pitcher a great advantage because they're they're in the hitter's head. It does. It really does. And then you think about. A.J. smith Shaver, you know, I mentioned him a second ago. He's a guy that I really like, too. I think he's got some real upside. I wouldn't be surprised if he or Waltrip are up here, you know, making starts in Atlanta, you know, as the season goes on. I think the Braves have a lot to be excited about, especially with those two young pitchers. Where do you think they start the year, John? I, I think they'll both be in Gwinnett. I think they'll be 1-2 in the Gwinnett rotation. If, one of, if either one of them doesn't make it in Atlanta... One, I think one of the two. I think one of them, if if they were to be in Atlanta, I think the other would be like the horse of the Gwinnett rotation. Mm-hmm. If they're both in Gwinnett, I think it's one two in Gwinnett's you know Triple A rotation. And if you're if you're a Gwinnett guy, if you're if you're the Gwinnett you know pitching coach and manager, you're thinking I get to work with Smith Shaver and Waldrop. That's a nice one two, you know, coming out of my rotation for sure. I would say, I would say. Joe, are there any position players in the Braves system who are making any noise? Not really, not really. All is calm on that front. They do have the 17-year-old wonder kid from Venezuela. I know he's, but he's a long way away. I think he's, you know, maybe like Gulf Coastly, or not Gulf Coastly, but like rookie ball. I think he's got a long way to go. I mean, the kid's only 17 years old. But they compare his bat offensively to like an Albert Pujols or like a Ronald Acuna or something like that. Wow. So I think you know he'll he'll be he'll be up here you know in a while. I mean he's only 17 years old, but that's a name to file away. Okay. For down the line. And and as we look at the roster, I mean, it would seem if everybody was healthy that the everyday lineup is is set. Pretty pretty much set, yeah. But, uh, you know, you have Olsen, you have Ozzy at second, you have Orlando at Orlando short. short, and Austin at third. You got Mr. Kelnick out and left, Kelnick. Money Mike in center, and Ronnie Rockets in right. And then you have your two catchers behind the plate. Who, who, let me just say, these two don't get near enough love, and I'm going to be singing their praises all season long. Murphy and Darno, you could argue, maybe the best one, too. As far as catchers go in Major League Baseball, uh, they're they're awful good. I I think the Braves are very fortunate to have them. All right, um, now we're going to have some changes. We don't have Ron Washington coaching third. Uh, hopefully, there won't be they won't miss him too bad. But we want to wish him the best uh, with his new assignment. What do you think? Um, I think Tuiasa Sopo is going to do a pretty good job. He was the Gwinnett manager uh, the past couple seasons and, and is a guy that 
you know, is very well respected in the Braves organization. As far as missing Wash, per se, I, I personally am really going to miss Wash. But, you know, Wash has always said he wanted one more bite at the apple as far as being a manager. And I think Ron is going to do a great job in L.A. The thing is, he, he has Mike Trout to build around. I mean, I know Trout's, you know, getting on up there. But, you know, if you're Mike Trout, you get to work with Ron Washington, one of the best to ever do it. As far as being a baseball guy, and you know, I know he's gonna be over the whole operation now. It's gonna be interesting to see see old Wash out there in LA, and I know the Braves go out there in August, so that'll be a fun series to keep an eye on. It certainly will. It certainly will. And then you got uh, Tom Goodwin is his name. He's our first. He's our new first base coach. I think he was with the Mets a year ago. I think Goodwin's like, thank God I'm out of the Mets. <laughs> thank God. Because <laughs> um, that's it. That, I mean, as the season goes on, we will be making fun of the Mets. Because, you know, they, they, the comedy writes itself. The comedy writes we itself. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> the Mets are just the Mets. The Mets are just the Mets. They really are. Okay. But anyway, I'm fired up about the Braves. You know, it's it'll be here before too long. What do you think about the National League East? I think, I mean, the Braves are the class of the NL East, looking to win their seventh straight NL East crown. I, I truly believe that. I, th- I really think the only threat to the Braves is Philly. But Philly's window, I feel like, is closing because they overpaid NOLA. See, Dave Dombrowski is the type GM that all he does is throw money at things. And he, you know, doesn't really care about his farm system, so to speak. The Phillies don't really have much in their farm system to be excited about. So, the Phillies are like, we're in the ultimate win-now mode. But yeah, I, I think Philly's the main threat to Atlanta in the NL East. I mean, the Mets are... I think the Mets in Washington are, could be playing for, you know, last in the NL East. And the, Mar- the Marlins are better... They're better, but still, I just don't feel like the Marlins have enough off. They let arguably one of their biggest bats go in Jorge Soler. I think that's going to hurt them. I really do. But I will say, I think it's going to help the Giants, though. So can you Soler in that park in left field, he's going to do real damage out there. On, yes. on those cold summer nights in San Francisco. <laughs> so Soler's going to smash. Okay. He's going to smash out there. I and mean, we, don't, we don't always you, have the... The memories of him from 2021 when he played for the Braves. Yeah, he hit. He was he hit some incredible home runs for the Braves. He, he did. He, he will, What's your all-time favorite Solaire home run? It, it it's got to be the one he hit in the World Series. The ball that you know he hit it in Houston, and the ball landed in Austin. <laughs> well, that's quite a shot. Too. Or it. You know, Dad, I think that ball might still be traveling. But, like, Roy Hobbs is in the natural. To to me, to me, Solaire is one of those guys. Solaire and Jock Peterson, wherever they go, I will always be in, be in debt to those guys. And Jock Peterson's with the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, I think he's going to make them better. Arizona's, Arizona's going to be a good team again, I think. Mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll's a really nice player. That's who the Braves have their home opener with. Uh, Do we know anybody who's going to be in to see the Braves opening weekend? Uh, that would be yours truly. <laughs> I will be there Saturday night. Good Saturday night, second game of the year. I'm so jacked up. 
Shout out to my lovely girlfriend, Allie, for hooking that up as far as my Christmas present. Thanks again, Allie girl. That That's going to be the ultimate Christmas present. Very good. Very good, Jim. So I guess, Dad, actually before we leave the Braves, I have a couple more questions for you. What are your thoughts on this Braves on this Braves outfield? You know you got Kelnick, Harris, and Acuna all in their mid-20s. How, how excited are you about, about this outfield? Well, Harris and Acuna are both terrific fielders, terrific defensive players. Um, I've never seen Kelnick play. I, don't, I have no idea what we're getting there. I mean, he was drafted very high in the draft and is sort of just through bad luck and circumstances hasn't really had a chance to show show everyone what he can do. But uh, he certainly, you know, has the background that everyone's looking for. And I'm hoping the Braves end up uh, looking very smart for going out and getting him. No doubt. No doubt. I agree. I agree with that too. I, you know, Kelmick's just got to be one of the guys. He's just got to fall in line and, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy. He can, he he can you know be in the bottom of the order and just do do damage for the Braves. And the thing I like about it is he's getting a chance to play left field every day. There's no platoon like there was with Eddie Rosario and Pilar like last year. Like this is Kelnick's show, and I'm happy for him that he's getting this shot. Very good, very good. I agree. Um, so we'll we'll see what he does. We will. We will see when he does. Let, let me get your thoughts on uh, on the bullpen real quick. I know we talked about it earlier, but what, what what are your thoughts on the bullpen? Well, Joe, it seems like it's very deep, but, um, you know, we both know it's a very long season and, and you can never have enough bullpen, but uh, I think it could end up being a strength of the team. I'm, uh, I'm sure they're still trying to figure out everybody's roles, but... Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think I think this bullpen, you know, like you said, it's a long year, but that bullpen has a chance to be one of the top in baseball. I, I truly believe it. I think, I think with the additions of Lopez, you know, strengthening the bullpen. You think about the lefty Kerr that they got from San Diego. You think about, you know, Tyler Matzik coming back. Having Matzik come back is so huge. I've watched. I rewatched that that epic inning that he had against the Dodgers in twenty one the other night. I was going down a rabbit hole of great throwback moments. It um, never gets old. Though. It never gets old. It never gets old. <laughs> what what was so impressive to me is he comes in and he faces Poolhouse, and he just made Albert Poolhouse, who might be one of the best hitters of this generation. He made him look like a little leader. He really did. I mean, he was just pumping cheddar, pumping cheddar cheese, man. So I'm I'm excited about Matzik coming back. Well, it, when do you think we'll really see him? Is he gonna? I they're gonna ease him into it, or I, I would th- I would think they're gonna ease him into it. I I think they want to be careful with him. He may not necessarily you know be in their game one, but I would expect you know maybe opening weekend. You know you really get a chance to see our guy Psycho T, as I nicknamed him. Mm-hmm. I think he will. Get in there, and he'll be he'll be back to the same old Tyler. I hope so. I and hope so. Ronaldo, like like I said earlier, Ronaldo Lopez to me has a chance to be a stud down there. You know, you got him, you got Mojo, Jojo Jimenez, 
who pitched really well last year. I was really high on him when the Braves got him from Detroit. Uh, I mean, this Braves bullpen has so many different options that they can go. And I think, you know, like you said, you can never have enough guys in in a in a really really strong bullpen. And then, I mean, obviously you got Igloo uh, from the ninth, and I th- I think Igloo is going to have a big year this year. I, I really do. I, I really I really feel good about Igloo at the end of games, and he he's a real talent. He definitely is, and uh, you know you have up, ups and downs over the course of a long season, but. Boy, he uh, when he's up, he's really going, isn't he? He can bring it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Igloo really can. So that is going to wrap it up for our Atlanta Braves part of the show. Dad, um, we're going to jump to some Atlanta Hawks to round up the show this week. And the Hawks are back from the All-Star break, but we did receive some bad news about Trey Young. Trey Young injured his finger. Friday night in the loss to Toronto, which was a horrible loss. The Hawks should have never lost that game. They had a chance to win it. But now Trey Young is on the shelf for about a month. And now we get to see what the Hawks look like without their go-to guy. Yeah, Joe, it's, uh, I'm very sorry. I hate to see anybody get hurt, especially the key member of your team. But now we're going to... Uh, we're going to see the team, and uh, DeJounte Murray, I think, is going to take on a different role. And then we're also going to have to see somebody come forward as the backup point guard. And uh, I don't know, who who do you think is going to show up in that role? I think they'll bring up uh, Kobe Bufkin, the, the rookie from Michigan. I think he'll be the backup point guard. I know that's a lot to ask of a rookie, but, I mean, he's been in the G League, like, all year. And... I, he's you know maybe scored a couple baskets throughout the year, but yeah, it's 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 gonna it, it's gonna be a big ask. And the Hawks, for all the disappointment and all the you know stuff you know with all the drama with ownership and everything, the Hawks as a team are still trying to make the plan. And I, I wonder does this does this trade injury does this ultimately cook the Hawks? You know, for the short term and maybe their chances to go to the playing tournament? I mean, what what do you think? Well, I don't know about this year. I don't think it helps this year at all. But I think it might ultimately, as we have to see DeJounte Murray as the focal point, uh, we're going to get some answers, even though we didn't want to do it this way. We're going to find out what he can do and what the team looks like without uh, Trey and, you know, people are going to have to step up. So, uh, yeah, you know, like I'm looking at bogey, like bogey's really going to have to step up his scoring level. It can't, it can't just be DeJounte creating for others. You, you got to get punched from bogey. You got to get punched from Dre, you know, you got to get punched from, uh, from Harrison Matthews, the other backup, backup small forward, you know, you got to, Get punched from, you know, a surprising name, but Bruno Fernando. Yeah, what have you, we've seen some of him lately? What do you, what do so, you think? So Bruno's been a pleasant surprise. He really has been. He's not going to give you a ton offensively, but Bruno's one of those guys. He's got six fouls 
and he's not afraid to use them. He's not afraid to be physical. He's not afraid to get rebounds. I really think, I really think this will give us a chance to really figure out what Bruno is. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, Bruno is a third-team NBA center. I don't think he's going to be much more than that. But it'll give us a chance to watch, you know, a guy who was a former Hawk draft pick out of the University of Maryland and get a chance to play more alongside Clint Capella. Yeah, the well, I, look, I'll just go ahead and say it. This Hawks team, as it's currently constructed, has been a major disappointment. This is not what any of us expected. I expected them to be anywhere from like anywhere from like six to eight as far as the Eastern Conference goes. And now they're fighting for their lives as far as the playing tournament. This Hawks team has been really disappointing. It really has been. And I hate it that our go-to guy, who's been playing the best basketball of his career, is hurt. I agree. I agree. But you got to make the best of it. And I think uh, we'll find out more about our team and our players and who can contribute going forward and who really isn't part of the future. And can they play defense, please? Can they <laughs> yeah. play defense? We, that absolutely has uh, been in short supply this year. It really has been. It really has been. One last point on the Hawks. Traded are you with Quinn Snyder? Are you are you disappointed with how things have gone under his watch? Like, do you think this is more of a Quinn thing, or is this more of the roster as it's constructed? Is this more on up? Because ultimately, I think this is more on upper management than anything else. I think it's more the roster. I I don't necessarily have a. I don't see much that. Queen has done that um, I have a problem with. I just, I, I, there's a lot of times I think we're just undermanned going out there. Right. Unless it's a night where we happen to hit an extraordinarily high percentage. From three-point three, line. And when you do that, you can beat anybody. Anybody can beat anybody. On any given night. On any night, as long as they're hitting a very high three-point uh percentage no doubt no doubt so dad that is going to wrap it up for our atlanta hawks part of the show um dad i want to thank you for coming on the show this week talking a variety of subjects talking braves baseball talking some georgia athletics both football men's basketball and baseball with me and rounding out the show with some atlanta hawks talk as well always enjoy your insight and perspective always enjoy our conversations and i look forward to having you on the pot again very soon well, thank you very much, Joe, and uh, I really enjoy coming on and talking sports with you, and I, I wish all of our uh, listeners out there a great week. Um, you know, this is a fun time of the year, and let's enjoy it. No doubt, no doubt. So, guys, now I'm going to tell you about FanForAllSeasons.com. It's our website where you can go, where you can check out our merchandise store, go into the Shop Merch tab. They'll have all your merchandise needs met. You can go... Check out our hoodies that we have in a variety of colors. You can check out our comfy colors t-shirts. You can check out the alternate logo with those colors being in black and white. You can get all your merchandise needs met at the Fan for All Seasons merchandise store, one of the shop merch tab, to get all that together. If you like this podcast, if you want to know more about us, you can find us on any major podcast platform. Give us a like, give us a follow. That's Fan for All Seasons. You can also listen to this latest episode of the show on fanforallseasons.com, going to the Listen Now tab. And you can check out this episode, as well as all our other archived ep- episodes of Fan For All Seasons. And now, guys, it's time to get one last word from our sponsor this week. And Fan For All Seasons is brought to you in part by 
Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue cannery. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for my dad, this has been Jam and Joe, and this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. I won't talk to you guys next week. See ya.